Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Miranda's Rambling. Today I'm actually running a lot late, or not a lot late, I'm running very late, mainly because normally an episode is supposed to be scheduled for 10 o'clock, it is 9.52am and I'm only now just realizing that I never actually made an episode. The other two episodes that I made prior to this, I am still technically working on those topics. I'm still technically working on those topics, and I'm not in the mood to talk about those two topics, which is why I was just like, oh, great. You know? Plus, I don't know where I left off, and at the same time, also, I'm thinking about just redoing those episodes, mainly because of the idea that I kind of didn't really get to focus entirely on the topic, and I got distracted. Today's episode, specifically, is going to be different in multiple different ways. One, it is 9.53 a.m., as I said. So this is a lot earlier. Normally I do my episodes at like um, 11, normally, I normally do my episodes at like 11, 12, usually around that zone. I'm actually up early and also I'm cold as shit because the house is freezing. <laughs> I'm also putting on the glasses at the same time, which they also had a glasses warmer or something like that. But it's cold as shit. My family has this thing where our house has to be cold as shit in the mornings, you know? Our house has to be cold as hell in the mornings because, duh, we like to sleep in the cold and then during the day it doesn't really matter the temperature, but as long as the house is cold at night, we're fine. So that's something that kind of adds to it, or not really adds to it, but something that like, you know, we kind of take appreciation in. So of course, I'm just going to be pacing around with a blanket on my body because I'm fucking cold. Anyway, today's topic is actually going to be uh, not different from any of the other ones, but actually it's going to be a little bit different in the sense that this is something that I don't really focus a lot of attention on in my own stories, okay? Now, technically, this is something that's pretty big in a lot of stories, and a lot of stories take full-on advantage of this, but at the same time, it really depends on the series itself. Today's topic is going to technically, I want to try doing it mainly about I'm not entirely sure how long this topic could be. This one is one of the only ones that I'm a little bit like, eh, I don't really know how long this one could be. But today's topic, we're going to be talking about animals. In storytelling, animals are also something that could be really, really helpful. And what's surprising is, I don't actually have very many animals in my series. With most of my series mainly focusing on humanoid creatures, there are very few animals that's in the story or that have anything to do with the story. special guest, Pepper. <laughs> Pepper is my cat. Or, not my cat, but, you know, a cat. So, you can probably hear her purring as she's, like, right directly in front of the thing, but at the same time, yeah, whatever. She's, like, a good special guest for today. Especially with the idea that we are talking about animals. So, I'm gonna move this a bit. But, yeah, today's topic is going to be about animals. Now, as I said previously, the, the funny thing is, the animals are actually something that's like, they're a pretty big deal in practically every series or story or movie or whatever thing that you're taught, uh, that you ever see. The thing is, no one really ever notices them, and what's funny is that my story has practically no animals at all. There are practically no animals, and the only animal I actually designed for the story is a single creature used for a single kingdom. Besides that, all other animals, I just never really thought about them. 
I never really thought about any of these other animals, specifically with the idea that, you know, it's just, I just never thought about them. Now, there's nothing, hey, uh-uh. Anyway, like I said, there's really nothing, anything super special about them. Two other topics that I wanted to talk about today was actually going to be about theme songs and also ending themes. Hey, hey. Anyway, theme songs and ending themes. These are, uh, this is technically another topic that I want to do, but at the same time, this topic is kind of short. So depending on how long the animal one is, I might get into theme songs and um, ending themes. More likely, no. More likely, if I'm being honest. But today's episode. Now, I'm just going to get right into it. As I said, animals are something that can seriously, you know, it's just like characters in a sense, but at the same time, it's also something that a lot of writers tend to ignore. It mainly depends on the, once again, it mainly depends on the type of writer, okay? Now, animals in stories are not really mandatory. There's lots of times where these animals, where animals never show up in the stories at all, eh? Anyway. There's lots of times where the animals in the series don't really ever show up, so there are no animals in the series. But at the same time, there also are many examples where animals are the kind of a big part of the story or main characters in the story. Okay? Now, in the different episode, we were talking about anthropomorphic characters. What that basically, if, or if you forgot, anthropomorphic characters basically means characters that are animalistic, but they have humanoid proportions. So characters like um, Judy Hopps from Zootopia and uh, 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 oh uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, um, Bugs Bunny, and many others. These are all anthropomorphic characters. Characters that are of course quote animal characters, but their body proportions are closer to that than uh, to humans. And of course they stand on two legs, so a lot of them wear clothing, and of course they talk. Now, technically, another thing about this is some people might consider anthropomorphic characters just any animal that can talk, but that doesn't really count, mainly because anthropomorphic means that it's an animalistic thing that is showing human-like qualities, not in the sense of talking. Okay, so animals who talk, I would not personally consider that anthropomorphic. I would consider, however, an animal that stands on two legs and walks around and starts talking and drinking or, you know, just, um, just laughing and hanging out with humans and stuff like that like ryan from family guy i would consider him an anthropomorphic character however i would not consider um scooby from uh, scooby-doo i would not consider scoob or um uh an anthropomorphic character okay now as i originally said animal characters are not mandatory they're not mandatory to make any story good and they're not mandatory to make a bad or anything else like that and they're not really something that can guarantee that your story is going to be a great hit or that it's going to be really shitty it really depends on how you use them like i said now the reason i have to specify this is because a lot of tv shows like to add random shit into their series or random characters because it there's really nothing that they're doing with the show. The character isn't adding anything to it. The character isn't really able to do anything, and there's no real special thing about them. So it comes off as, oh, you're adding this character in because you think that just because you're adding this character makes your show better, you know? And that's kind of a weird thing about it. 
So, this is also something that I also need to specify as well. Yes, I am a massive advocate for, uh, for adding representation. I am a massive advocate for representation in animation. So, of course, if you want to add a transgender character, a gay character, a bunch of female characters, any kind of character that you can, you know, it's fine. But at the same time, my justification, however, or my thing is... Don't add the characters in just because you want to fill in or you have a checklist of all the characters that you want. Okay, don't add them in just to fill it in. Add the characters in if they're carrying their own weight in the series. And if they can't carry their own weight, then there's no point and you're not actually helping. Okay? While I do admit there are literally no transgender characters in animation... It's still, uh, I would still rather see no uh, transgender uh, characters in animation rather than seeing a bunch of random characters that are doing nothing at all to the plot and are just play, uh, placed into the show just so then they can make um, transgender audiences happy with, rep- with, quote, representation. I'd rather see a character that actually has something to do with the plot, which is something that uh, seriously is a big deal for me. This is why I go out of my way to make sure that these characters have a plot or have something to do with the plot of the story. Okay? Animals are in the same category, though at the same time, once again, it really depends on how you're doing them. Okay? Technically, you can go with realistic animals, which, of course, is going to be very difficult if you don't add them. Okay, certain TV shows have this idea, or, for example, you could technically create it in... Um, realistic animals. So, of course, you have horses, um, chickens, um, pigs and cows, and all kinds of other animals and stuff like that. And, you know, whatever. They're just regular animals. The animals themselves don't talk. They're just regular animals. This is, of course, fine. And actually, you know, personally, it's not, re- it's not really done very often in animation. Because, obviously, in animation, you can choose to do whatever the hell you want with, uh, with the animals. So, yes so as i said you know um with uh animal characters you can technically make it with regular animals and stuff like that but at the same time with animation a lot of times any any animals in any form of animation usually get altered a little bit and make themselves a little bit different even shows that try to go out of their way to be quote as realistic as possible these animals are still being to show off certain things that are convenient to the plot or just things that that animal normally wouldn't do, but if they're doing it just because of the fact that it's just easier, or it's funny, or it's just convenient for the plot. Okay, so that's something that's also really, really important. Another thing to keep in mind also is the idea of intelligence in animals as well. There are times where there are animal characters that can't talk, but they're also shown to be incredibly intelligent compared to the rest of the other animals in the series. So they, of course, seem to be able to understand the context of what's going on, and they know how to do exactly the thing that the main character needs them to do. There are other times, however, where the animal character can talk, and there are, once again, just a lot of different things and stuff like that, okay? Now, an example of animal characters that are just regular animal characters that don't have anything to do with them, you know, that's just that, you know? These animal characters are just regular animals, okay? They're regular animals that, of course, have nothing else to do in the plot or anything special with them. 
they're discomfort care animals. And this is something that's rarely ever shown. You know, for something that's so common in our lives, this is rarely ever shown. You know, with the idea of these characters kind of just being regular animal characters. Okay. Obviously, in animation, people are just going to go with, you know, if you have an animal in your story, you're going to make them talk, and you're going to use them for something, mainly because it's easier, and it's just something that people can do. But at the same time, this is not really always the best case, and what's funny is that even though having a regular animal pet is, like, something that everybody knows, you never get to see it in animation. You know, you never really get to see it in animation, and even in live-action TV series, that's also kind of rare as well, mainly because in live-action TV series, they also use the animal's little quirks as a way to also push over the plot, making it so that the animal itself knocks something down conveniently to make it a plot point for the episode, or also making it so that the animal comes to save the day or something, by, or a, com a comedic thing or something like that, you know? So that's another example of how animals are normally used in animation. Or, uh, not animation, but it's how animals are used in general. Okay? Another thing is that when it comes to animals, there's also a popularity contest when it comes to animals as well. This is something that everybody practically knows. Everybody knows the idea that dogs and cats are probably the most common animals to be used in any form of storytelling or, of course, um, anything like that. And there are even some animals that aren't even real, but they're also very, very popular. With the idea of dragons and monsters, and also um, uh, unicorns, and all kinds of other random beasts and stuff like that as well. They're not even real, and yet they're still more popular than some other animals that you would see in a story. A good example, of course, of an animal. Hey! As I originally was saying, um, what was I saying? Oh yes. So of course, uh, there's even animals that aren't very popular. These animals that are not very popular are also just regular pet animals, but you never get to see them. A good example, of course, are animals like gerbils and guinea pigs, chinchillas, and um, uh, also uh, parrots. Well, kind of parrots, but you know, you know parrots, ferrets and just multiple other animals that you never get to see. These animals, of course, are pet animals, but at the same time, you never get to see them. And it's honestly very odd. It's very odd that these animals are just never seen in animation or any kind of storytelling. Now, of course, another reason that you don't really see a lot of animals in series and stuff like that is because animals come with their own set of rules, kind of like robotic characters. You know, not every TV show is going to go out of its way to have an animal character and stuff like that. You know? Now, of course, at this very moment, we're focusing on kind of a realistic uh, animal and stuff like that. So making the animal have actual intelligence equivalent to the animal itself, that's also something that's going to be very uncommon in animation or just storytelling in general. Mainly because if you have this magical world and stuff like that, people are going to really like the idea of humanizing the animal. 
Okay? In a weird way, humans uh, humanize animals a lot more than we think. Okay, a simple action that an animal like a cat or a dog does, we as humans basically put our own spin or our own opinions and own views on our own interpretations of what the animal is doing. So, of course, you know, I even do it with this one here. You know, if something happens where she basically pretend pounces or something like that after I sprayed her or something like that, I take it as, oh my gosh, she's got such an attitude. Look at her. Look at her. She's trying to square up. You know, it's like this whole thing. But at the same time, I have no idea if that's actually what she's doing. This is just my interpretation of her actions based on something that happened to me and something that happened in her reaction to that. So, of course, humans tend to, uh, humans tend to put our own interpretations on animals specifically. Okay? So something that we would consider an attitude or something that we would consider as funny or humorous or sassy, we uh, or do other personality traits, we put them onto these animals ourselves, regardless of whether the animal actually happens to be like that. Okay? Now, of course, this is something that we just apply onto anything regardless. It also happens with practically anything. We humanize a random objects as well, inanimate objects to... Um, uh, video game characters to just anything in general, you know, we put our own interpretations on these things and you know, and please no, don't take this the wrong way and think that I'm basically saying animals don't have personalities. Believe me, I know that they do. The thing is, we as humans always put our own interpretation and always try to humanize almost everything. As social creatures, we always try to humanize and, um, relate to everything you know this is uh, uh, of course this is a reason why writing human uh, this is a reason why it's so odd um to have robot characters and that's something that i find a little bit odd sometimes because they never really do it the way that i would imagine doing it okay humans of course when interacting with robots that look like humans or any kind of robot in general humans tend to actually relate to the robot and immediately begin to humanize the robot despite the fact that the robot is not a human okay so in our own heads when we're in interacting with this robot the robot is just a machine that's programmed to react to these kind of things and say these words but when we hear it, each human who hears it thinks, oh my god, this robot has a sense of humor. Or, oh wow, this robot seems very timid. Or doesn't seem to understand what it's saying. You know, each human has a completely different way to think about it. One human might think the robot doesn't understand what it's saying and just as a robot. Another human might view it as, oh, this robot seems a little timid and doesn't know what to say. Another human might take it as, oh, this robot has a sense of, sense of humor. You know, so, you know, all these different things. And this is the same thing that also can happen with animals. As, you know, these are just random animals, but at the same time, we humanize them and give them our own little, well, not really our own, but we, of course, apply different personality traits to them, regardless of whether or not they actually do fit them. You know? For example, uh, some people are, you know, I'm going to use Pepper as an example. Okay. I would consider her as kind of clingy, personally. I would consider her kind of clingy, but at the same time, other people would not really consider this clingy, you know? To me personally, I consider her clingy, uh, to me personally, I consider her a clingy cat because every time I don't want her on me, she's always on me, and 
it's just just Valentine's as well. She's constantly just coming up to you and just being on top of you and stuff. Now, if anything, most likely she doesn't do this nearly as often as other cats, or she doesn't, do, or maybe she does do it much more often than other cats. Either way, though, I personally interpret it as she's clingy, and of course I like that. I like the fact that she's clingy. It's annoying sometimes, but at the same time, it's also cute. You know. So that's another aspect of it as well. So when it comes to animal characters and things like that, most times in you know when a show is trying to be realistic or that's kind of they're aiming they're they're aiming for, they still don't aim for that. And rather, they make it so that these animal characters actually have their own very complicated personality. So the animal itself actually can show off an attitude or actually can show off that they have disgust or that they're agitated, frustrated, and they have a a good understanding of the situation. Which is odd, but at the same time, not really all that odd. It's weird. I, I just don't get it, personally. Me, personally, I never really understood it. I never understood the idea that the human, uh, the animal character is fully aware of the situation. Fully aware of the situation and understands um, everything that's going on. But at the same time, the animal itself cannot talk. The animal itself cannot talk and can't find a way to interact or to basically um, just interact with all the other characters. A good example of a very recent character who continued to, uh, to confuse the shit out of me throughout the series was, of course, Kipo. The, uh, the character in question is actually, um, uh, the pig, I forgot the pig's name, Mandu, yeah, Mandu. So, Mandu. I think it's Manduk or Mandu, but I call him Mandu. So, yeah, Mandu. Mandu is the blue little pig with, um, four eyes. The thing about Mandu is, Mandu has a good understanding of everything that's going on, and of course has an actual reaction and can make good fate, uh, and can make human facial expressions. So of course that's pretty good in the sense that Mandu can show off that they're disappointed in you, or agitated, or uh, sad, or happy, or laughing. You know, Mandu has even shown that they have a sense of humor, which of course is great. That's a great character. But I just don't understand the idea that the character just can't talk. I never understood the idea of animal characters that can't talk, yet they can show off every other form of intelligence to make it so that they can talk. So rather, I always made, uh, personally, if I was in charge of making Mandu, I would have made it so that Mandu has a translation device or knows how to write. I would have written it so that Mandu constantly writes simple words in the dirt. Or just taken away that whole intelligence thingy. I just don't get it. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of a uh, realist or something. It's just a personalist, uh, personal uh, thing. Okay, and I know that a lot of people adore characters like Mondu. I know that a lot of people adore characters like Mondu and um, Senna's little helper and um, uh, I'm trying to think of other characters. But yeah, I know that people adore these kinds of characters and they really like them, mainly because, you know, they're really amazing characters. Still, though, in my personal opinion, I just don't really like these kind of characters because it just doesn't really make sense. Another aspect of animal characters, of course, is the obviously unrealistic characters. These are the main ones that are the most popular. These are animalistic characters that just live their own lives, and of course, they are technically the same animal, 
but there's something special about them and they can talk or they can walk and they can basically interact with humans and they are their own individual creature these are characters like the dog from uh, from american dragon also um jake the dog from adventure time to brian from uh uh uh, Brian from Family Guy. These are, of course, all different animals that, in these cases, these three animals, they're anthropomorphic characters, so or anthropomorphic animals, you know? So they're animals that are standing up on their hind legs and have like, human proportions, kind of, okay? So that's another aspect of these characters as well. Now, of course, the thing about these animals, however, is the thing I personally like about these kind of characters is that they're know they're animals but at the same time they're also aware of their position in society you know brian not so much and jake not so much but the dog in american dragon yes okay characters like this of course are very interesting in the sense that this character actually has the ability to understand whether or not it's a good idea to be talking or not talking at the moment okay the dog from jake uh, uh the dog i can't really remember his name but um, we're going to call him Bulldog for now. I think he's a Bulldog, I think. But yeah. Bulldog, basically, I'm going to call him Bulldog because I don't know the character's name. But Bulldog basically goes down on his uh, on all fours whenever he uh, is around humans. And, of course, plays the role of a dog. However, uh, uh, however, everyone who knows him, of course, is very well aware that he's not actually, you know, a dog. Or that uh, he is a dog, but, you know, they know that he's not just a regular dog. You know? So that's another aspect of, anim- uh, of characters and stuff like that as well. Though, when creating these kind of characters, however, I never really understood, you know, that they also go with this kind of joke um, route as well. With characters like this, in the sense that the character is a dog that can talk and other things like that, especially dogs, they always go down the same route that if you throw a stick or have peanut butter or any other kind of random thing, you can easily make the dog character listen to you or do things that they don't want to or, of course, just um, change their mind and stuff like that. Or taking fall or even being able to trap them or capture them by using their simplest weaknesses and stuff like that. This is also very common with cat characters that are also in the same sense. This is something that, okay, it's funny, but at the same time, because every goddamn TV show does it, it gets old fast. It gets very old, very fast, and it makes it just like, oh my god, you know? And of course, it's it probably wouldn't be as old if only they had decided to add different characters. That's another thing, or not different characters, but it probably wouldn't be as old as fast if they had just decided to add more animals. So making that exact same joke with a cat and a ball of yarn, yeah, whatever, we've seen it a thousand times, but doing that exact same joke, but this time using a ferret and putting some kind of random tube machine because the character in question is an inventor and they need to move this big tube, uh, this big uh, plastic tube thingy, and immediately the ferret is seen going, zooming through the tube and stuff like that. That, of course, is a joke that I've never seen. And, of course, ferret parents, or ferret parents, ferret, ferret owners would, of course, immediately freak out. They're like, oh, my God, like, that's such a thing, you know? Or even fucking birds and bird seed, which is something that I never really understood. Why is it that we never get to see a bird character? We do get to see bird characters, but they're never really done in that kind of way. So, of course, there's also the idea of some shows that go back and forth between the cartooniness of it, but also the realness of it. 
which of course is like Craig of the Creek. Craig of the Creek has a character named Kelsey. Kelsey, of course, has her pet bird, which I can't, I think it's a parakeet, though I'm not entirely sure what Mortimer is. Mortimer is Kelsey's bird, and of course, it's a parakeet thingy, bird thing, whatever, I don't really know, but it's like a parrot of some kind. Anyway, this show, of course, goes back and forth with the idea of cartooniness, and at the same time, also keeping it real. So, of course, you also have random facial expressions and reactions from Mortimer. And also a sign of a uh, higher intelligence from Mortimer as well. But you also tend to have the cartooniness and realness of Mortimer as well, showing off that Mortimer can't do things or other random moments like that. That at the end of the day, it's still, uh, Mortimer is still Mortimer, but at the same time, Kelsey also tends to imagine that Mortimer can do things that Mortimer, a normal parakeet would not do. A good example, of course, is when Craig is asking for a tool. Kelsey, of course, tells Craig that Mortimer had, uh, that Mortimer was gonna get the tool for Craig, uh, for Craig, and of course, the bird basically doesn't do anything. When the bird tries to carry it, it can't. So of course, Kelsey picks up the heavy tool and walks over to uh, to Craig. To which Craig, of course, takes it from Kelsey's hands and thanks Mortimer, mainly because Mortimer is technically quote the one carrying it, which of course is adorable as shit. It's adorable. Any kid would do that, you know, it's like amazingly adorable and relatable. And of course, this is a good example of characters showing up, of bird characters, or just a TV show that constantly goes back and forth between showing off the realness of it, but also showing off the cartooniness of it that's cute, convenient for the plot, and also, you know, just random things that make you fall in love with Mortimer. Okay, with Mortimer, of course, having weird facial expressions when they see something bad happen, especially a shout, a look of shock when the rest of the team has a look of shock, or even Mortimer being aware of the situation or being aware of where they are. A good example, of course, is whenever Kelsey goes into the museum, not the museum, uh, the library, I don't know why I call it a museum, whenever Kelsey goes into the library, her bird automatically knows to, st- uh, to bury themselves in Kelsey's hair and then stick their wings out of the hair to make it look like she's a hairpin. Okay? I don't even know if Mortimer's a guy or a girl. I have no idea. But whatever. I don't really know. I've always associated Mortimer as a guy, but at the same time, I could also really easily associate Mortimer as a girl solely because of the idea that Kelsey loves being a battle woman and stuff like that, or a mighty warrior woman. So I can totally imagine if if Mortimer also is a girl as well. Still, though, I have no idea if Mortimer is a guy or a girl. I have fucking no clue. So, of course, going back to our thing, with Mortimer specifically, it goes back and forth between random little bits and stuff like that that make the character really, really, quote, realistic. Another example, of course, is Wildernessa. Wildernessa has her dog Cheese Sticks, which, of course, is amazing uh, character design and amazing character naming. Cheese Sticks, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's just a genius name for an animal character. Another aspect of it, this is just a personal thing. Once again, I don't really get it. I don't really get the idea that um, animal characters are given human names and stuff like that, which is really weird. I just never got that. I never got the idea of naming your pets after humanoid names and stuff like that. Now, I know that you're probably going to come for me and say, but what about Pepper? Pepper is not named by us. We got Pepper from someone else, so they named Pepper and we just stuck with it. Okay? Even though, but although, <laughs> even then, we brought, uh, even then, Pepper's name probably would have changed to a different name 
had Arietti been able to name her. Because Ari wanted to name um, Pepper, uh, 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 what the fuck was it? Uh, Salem? I think they wanted to name the name of Salem or something. Or something. It was some random name that they came up with. It wasn't Salem. Like, they, I think that they were thinking about naming them Salem, but it was also something else that I was just like, Sabine? Sina? Sina. I think it was Sina. Something like that. It was some random name like that. And I know for, right, yeah, like, a bug either got it from somewhere on some random TV show or something like that, or just something like that. But I can't really remember exactly what the show was, but I do know that she had a name for it. Okay? So as I was as I was originally saying, you know, that's not really a bad thing or a read. I just find it a little bit odd, you know? And then, then of course, there's also certain examples or, you know, there's also certain things that I don't really understand or certain things that kind of get blown over, okay? Now, of course, when it comes to having dog animals and stuff like that or dog characters and stuff like that, they never really get to show up the, uh, the other sides of animals as well. The idea that animals, of course, don't understand certain concepts and things like that. And most of the time, when they do, it's only mainly for a joke. So, of course, the idea, um, what was it? I think they did a joke with Family Guy that, I'm pretty sure, I have no idea, but knowing Family Guy, they've probably done every joke under the sun. So, with Family Guy, I'm pretty sure that they probably did a joke where Brian can't see glass. And that Brian basically crashes into a glass door because he doesn't understand the concept of glass. You know? So, of course, they, they do all, uh, they basically shit on Brian a lot with using all these different kind of jokes and stuff like that. You know? And please know, I don't even watch Family Guy. I, a lot of times when I make up these random situations about Family Guy, this is just me making up a random scenario. And, of course, this is what I would imagine would happen on Family Guy because, of course, this is the writing and this that show. With a few little bits of clips from different episodes because Family Guy is a fairly popular show. And of course I do get videos on it on YouTube and I also do get um get to see bits of it when I rent or before. When I used to turn on my TV and it just happened to be on Family Guy because I was turning on my TV late at night. Okay? So of course, you know. Oh, I got sorry, I'm putting on my headband. So of course with that in mind, that's something that I can totally see. So it doesn't really see, uh, so it doesn't really, um, not bother me, but it doesn't really surprise me thinking about these random little bits. Still, though, <laughs> I never really understood the concept of that. That's just a weird thing. I just, I don't really get it. So as I originally was saying with, um, of course, characters like Brian and other things like that, you know, they're just weird. They're just a little weird that certain things don't really make sense to them, you know? And another thing is that they're also this weird joke that these animal characters can talk to all other kinds of animals regardless, which is also very weird. I just don't get it. It's just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Okay, some examples are fine because they actually have stuff written for that. So, of course, Meowth from Pokemon, Meowth is fine. Meowth, of course, learned how to talk English. Okay, he doesn't, uh, uh, you know, Meowth actually went out of his way to speak English and learn English, you know? So, of course, Meowth being a translator is actually very good. There's even other Pokemon that can do the same thing, but this is something that they can do normally. Like Pokemon like Lucario, who can translate using Aura. Pokemon like Chathot, who are able to actually understand language. 
There are other Pokemon that can understand language, but they can't physically speak it, like Lapras. Okay? So, of course, that's another aspect of it as well. So there's La or other Pokemon that can use their psychic abilities, like many psychic types who know telepathy. So, of course, like I was saying, with this in mind, all these different kinds of Pokemon are able to do all these different kinds of things, which, of course, you know, it makes sense for their world, and they actually writ it, uh, written it that way. Now, with other shows, however, it's just never really explained. I have no idea, personally, I have no idea why Brian is able to talk. I have no idea if he's the only dog that's able to talk, and I have no idea if any of This is a common thing. Everyone around in Brian's life never really seems to react in the way that you would expect. Which is really weird. I just don't get it. <laughs> like, there's so- everyone treats Brian like a normal character, which is really weird. I just never understood it. Brian can go drinking at a bar, and no one says anything. And I don't know if that's uh, that's already been mentioned before. I have no idea. Maybe he's like a science experiment or something, or maybe he's like a meowth and he learned how to talk or something. I have no fucking clue. I have no idea what makes Brian so special, and I have no idea. It's just a weird concept. It's a weird concept of a character, especially with a character in this sense. Other TV shows, however, go with the idea that, um, you know, this is a common thing and that this is, you know, some people will have animals like a talk and some don't. Okay, okay, so of course, this is also another weird thing of it as well. When it comes to animal characters and stuff like that, because you're having this character who happens to be an animal in your world, depending on your world setup, it also makes it, it makes every other animal come into question. A good example, of course, is Pluto from uh, Mickey Mouse. Goofy and Pluto are both dogs, but at the same time, Pluto is seen as a pet and treated like a pet. While, however, uh, Goofy wears clothes and has a job and actually does things in life. Which, once again, it makes you question it because, what? <laughs> it just makes, it's a little weird. It's just a little bit of a weird idea, which kind of makes you think, what the hell? You know? So, of course, then there's Ryan, a character who understands his, uh, who understands his own self and of course can live his own life, but at the same time he's also a dog, and it's also very weird, you know, it's just weird, it's just like, you would think that the character would have a very strong opinion on these kinds of things, so that's also something that that's also a part of it. Another thing about this also is the idea that um, these characters are pursuing relationships with humans, which is also... Once again, in the sense of animation and characters and stuff like that, that's totally kind of fine. It's still a weird concept to me personally, but at the same time, eh, it really depends on the situation. Because personally, I find Brian a little bit, Brian dating a human girl, personally, I find that a little bit weird. However, it does. I don't find it nearly, I don't find um, uh, uh, Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit, I don't really find them weird all that much. I, I don't really know. Maybe it's because of their genres and that Brian is actually seeking something specifically and stuff like that. I have no idea. Or if it's tune logic or something, I have no idea. This is personally my own opinion on it. I find it a little bit weird to have a male, uh, to have a human animal character relationship, you know? Even in We Bear Bears, and don't get me wrong, I love Panda. I just think it's a little weird. I just think it's a little weird to have Panda pursuing a relationship with a human. Maybe, I don't really know. 
Now, yes, I did admit earlier in a different episode how I have my own predictions of humanity and things like that. And I did predict that at some point, if humans ever did actually meet aliens, I guarantee you there's going to be a bunch of humans that are like, I could fuck that, you know? So there's going to be, I just guarantee it. But still, though, if we somehow find aliens that look like animals that we have, or just animals in general, you know, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just a very weird concept. I don't really know. It's very much... I don't really know. Now, remember, this. another thing about this specifically is... Remember, this is all in animation in general. So, anything in animation has nothing to do with, uh, with the reality. Okay? So, while I personally find these relationships kind of odd or something, that's just me personally. And that really doesn't have anything to do with anything in the real world. I just personally don't really like, I don't, not really, I just don't really get the idea of an, uh, of a being dating a human being. You know, I just don't really like the idea of, an, uh, uh, for example, in this case, a panda dating a human. Okay, some people might find it adorable, and of course they like the idea of the characters. You know, they can probably adopt kids or something, you know, like it gave, they can get married and adopt kids and have a happy ever after. Which of course is something that I would be like, oh shit, that's actually really, really cute. But me, personally, as a writer, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Just because my personal aesthetic is, I like the idea of two characters being compatible. Or, not really compatible, but being, not really, I don't really know, it's just, I don't even know. It's a weird concept, but still. You know, some characters, of course, are totally in that category and stuff like that. So again, it's another aspect of it as well. Another aspect of animal characters that have higher intelligence is dating in their own species, which is also something that's a very weird thing. Okay? Brian, of course, dates human girls, which is, again, kind of fine in the sense of animation. You know, I find it a little bit odd, but it's an animated story. Fine, whatever. If the writer wants to do it, then fine. But at the same time, Brian also apparently has relationships with dogs as well. Which is very weird. <laughs> it's a little weird that Brian has having relationships with dogs as well. So it's kind of something that you would think that Brian would go one way or the other, or going in both ways. It's I don't know. It's weird. Or not weird, but it's weird. I don't know. Like I said in a different episode, when I say something's weird, it's just odd to me. But when I say something's weird, weird then it's just, it's fucking weird. Like, no, don't do that. That's just fucking weird. So, when it comes to things like Panda and Brian and, uh, who's the other character? I had another guy. I think the dog from, uh, uh, American Dragon, I think he had a thing for human girls, I think. Though I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, I don't really know. That's just, I just find it weird. Not weird weird, I just find it weird. You know, if that makes sense. Unfortunately, we are hitting our time, so I will be taking a quick pause. Or, you know, yeah. But we are, in the next bit, we are going to be talking about um, the logistics of these kind of characters and stuff like that. And limits and liabilities of these characters. Alright. Now we're continuing. Um, like I said originally with the idea of animal characters and stuff like that, it's just not weird, but like I said, it's just a little odd. 
I find it a little bit odd that these kind of characters are just these kind of characters. Now, logistics, it's literally been like less than 10 seconds. I literally just hit end and then I just hit start, okay? So, one thing about animal characters that's um, odd about their logistics, kinda, is the idea that these animal characters are okay living in these kind of societies and things like that. You know, so that um, I'm mainly gonna use Brian because they kind of go that route, I'm pretty sure. They kind of go that route. But at the same time, they don't really. Okay, personally, if I was the one writing character, if I was the creator of Family Guy, if I was the one designing stuff for Brian, I would have made it so that Brian finds other dogs weird and looks down on other dogs. You know, I would have find it the, uh, so that Brian basically looks down on these other dogs and that Brian can totally do things by himself. You know? Brian, of course, basically, I would have had it so that Brian pulls his own weight in the house. I don't think that he has a job. So I would, have had it, I would have had it so that Brian is basically able to do, you know, simple chores, not chores, but simple errands and things like that. So Brian can go um, grocery shopping. Now, of course, I'm not entirely sure if Brian can legally drive a car, but I would make it so that Brian, you know, he runs to the store a couple of times. He runs to the store... You know, he cooks sometimes and regular shit like that. So, Brian, of course, is a regular dog that's able to do shit like that. You know? He doesn't need to have anyone do anything for him. And I would have written it so that Brian basically doesn't like the idea of being treated like a dog. You know? I would write it so that Brian does find simple joys and stuff like that. Or there are certain aspects that, you know, they're pretty nice. But at the same time, you know, if it's, uh, it's kind of like a... It's like a, a price to pay. If you want to be taken seriously as a human, or taken seriously on human uh, societies and human concepts and things like that, then of course you kind of have to lose, you know, certain things while being a dog. For example, as a dog, you can't really just shit. Or as a human, you can't just shit anywhere. <laughs> However, Brian would have, you know, I would have it so that Brian basically is waiting to use the bathroom. And of course, you know, um, he, like, I would have ran into that Brian is never really taken seriously by humans, and that he has to go above, he has to go out of his, above and beyond to prove to be taken seriously by humans, and when he does have a, a break and actually give in to dog desires and things like that, he basically gets annoyed and agitated at the fact that as a dog, he's not really allowed to do these things, or as a dog, he's allowed to do these things, but as a human, or as a dog who is intelligent as a human, he's not really allowed to. Or people are expecting him to do stuff like that. You know, if Brian needs to take a shit really badly and decides to shit on the lawn and even pick up his own shit and throw it out, people are going to look at him and find him funny or think of it as a joke and stuff like that or make jokes that they wish their dogs can do the same thing, which Brian finds humiliating and uh, finds very agitating, which is why he never shits out in public. That's something, personally, I would have done. I would have made it so that we explored this a little bit more in the character. Rather than... Damn, girl. Okay, sorry. Petra's playing with a spoon. Uh, not a spoon. She's playing with um, a, a, a straw. That's what it is. She's, like, fucking with a straw. It's, a, like, a little plastic straw that she likes to fuck with. Okay, she doesn't eat it. She just, like, literally just fucks with it. Okay, and after it gets torn out a little bit or something, and it starts to become... Like, after she tears it up a little bit, then she just, like, throws it out. Or not, she does it out. You know, she just stops playing with it. And after a while, we just, like, oh, I guess she lost interest. And then we throw it out. Anyway, so, as I originally was saying, 
um, with um, this character, I would have written it so that this character, we explore that a little bit. We explore it. I would have had it so that Brian is actually sought out by animal conservatives and things like that. And that Brian basically talks about um, how this is kind of him. I would have even had it so that Brian is kind of a celebrity in the house. I would have had it so the whole family is kind of a celebrity in their own right because it's the fa- it's their family and they're constantly in trouble or doing shit. So I would have had it so that practically everybody knows this family. But the rest of the world also happens to know about Brian because it's Brian and that he's a talking dog. I would have had it so that, um, you know, randomly Brian, or not randomly, but there will be times where Brian has, you know, animal conservatives uh, or animal rights activists or just random uh, groups trying to talk to Brian and maybe Brian is actually an author about what life is like as a dog and just you know just random other things like that and then Brian basically brings in a lot of money I also would have had it oh hold on here sorry her straw fell underneath the chair but she's too big to fit underneath the chair to get it anyway um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. I also would have had it so that, um, you know, Brian also is also sought out by, you know, aliens even. Or not aliens, but I would have had it so that he's sought out by scientists who are part of NASA. And, of course, you know, trying to interact with him and maybe uh, maybe using him as kind of a test or like um, a, simula- a simulation kind of in a sense of what it would be like to adapt aliens into our societies and things like that and how to keep them in mind keeping their own cultures in mind but at the same time keeping other human cultures and human societal standards in mind as well and how do how we find a balance so that these alien life forms can be able to live with us you know i would have had it so that it's very that so that actually would make sense nasa going out of their way to talk to him you know so I would have had it so that Brian is in that sense, that Brian is kind of the pioneer of dog rights and other things like that. And maybe we can have it so that there are other dogs as well that Brian is a meeting. You know, some other dogs that, you know, they could walk as well, but they're not so good at speaking English. Or another dog that can actually speak English, but the dog can't walk. Okay, or the dog is still technically learning. And these dogs speak kind of broken English and... You know, they mainly are speaking dog, or which is kind of sort of like a bark language or something. You know, I would have had it so that Brian is actually, you know, actually kind of being like a pioneer and stuff like that. Personally, I would have changed a lot of things about Family Guy to the point where it's not really Family Guy anymore. Or actually, I would have made it so that it is very much Family Guy, but I would take out the racist jokes for obvious reasons. You know. Eh. Like, I get that that's kind of one of the main things that was advertisable about Family Guy, that it had the racist jokes and everybody liked it and stuff like that, and it was funny and it was very shock humor, not shock humor, but, you know, just very different and stuff like that. I get it, but at the same time, these are the same tired-ass jokes. They're tired as hell, and they're not really, they're not even funny. Like, you've seen them a thousand times, and it's not even anything creative. It's usually either okay, the idea is creative, or it's, the, the one, the, the funny thing is, the jokes where they do situations, you know, that, it's like a thing doing this, or something, those kind of jokes, those are normally very funny, but when it's the racist ones, it's like, this is tired as hell, we've seen it a thousand times, and it's not even funny, it's just racist, it's not even a funny joke, it's just a racist joke, 
But when they do the, uh, but when they do other, because like they have the ability to do it, they have the ability to make an actually funny joke or actually funny quote racist joke. You know, they actually have the ability to do it, but it they do it like it's like agitating. Okay, it's very agitating. The jokes that they do, it's very tired as hell and tired. In this case, I don't really know if that's. I personally would say that it's gay slang, but at the same time, I don't really know. I personally would call it gay slang, though I don't think that it's technically gay slang. Tired, in this case, means that this thing, or the thing that you're talking about, has been done, so has been overworked, overdone, or it's just, it's old. It's old, it's, you know, a lot of other shit. There's, it's just, it's a weird phrase that technically could mean everything and only one thing, you know? So when you say that this is a tired-ass outfit or something, this basically means this outfit has been worn out. This outfit is worn the fuck out. It's tired. You know, it, it it needs to be put to rest. Leave it the fuck alone, okay? It's tired. It's at the end of its life. It's, it's done, you know? So that is that. It, or it's just barely on or something or it's just barely looking good because it's about to flop or something you know so it's very that that's what that is okay so when i say these jokes are tired they're tired okay they're tired ass jokes that have just done nothing they're not adding anything new okay i can hear more creative jokes from the random weirdo kids in high school okay and you know what i'm talking about because those same weirdo kids talk about family guy so, like, I know what I'm talking about when I say I can hear better jokes from the weird little weirdo kids in the corner. Okay, I don't... Mm, the kids. So, with that in mind, of course, that's something that I just don't get. So, of course, um, also the logistics. Again, another aspect of it as well is the logistics of an animalistic character... Of an animal character. Okay, so, of course, we have this character who... In this case, is a regular character, and you know, if we're having it so that the animal character is an animal character and stuff like that, the logistics, of course, is that this character is going to do random stupid shit, or that this character isn't really going to do much, you know. So in the case, because there's never a, there's never a balance; it's always either one or the other. So in TV shows where the animal is a regular animal, it's uh, it's either that the regular animal is always involved with everything or that they're never involved in anything and you only get to see them as a background animal okay but you never get to see the middle zone the middle zone that i would like to see is the animal character half of the time showing up but at the same time they're also not showing up in the sense that they're always on camera and i also would have had it so there are going to be scenes where this animal character does show up for the perfect moment so main character um, the main character goes through a breakup or some kind of emotional damage or something like that that happens to them. Rather than having it so that the character deals with it on their own, crying in their own room, or having it so that another character tries to comfort them, I would have had it so that the dog or the cat animal comes to comfort them. This is something that you never get to see. You never get to see an animal in this sense coming to comfort the human character. You never get to see it. The only time that you get to see it is only in live action or your own pets. But you never get to see it in this sense. That the animal itself is actually, you know, 
on an animated TV show, you never get to see the animal character comforting the main character because of something that happened. You know? Ask any person who has a pet. They'll tell you that animals can sense your feelings, and when you're feeling really shitty, the animal will come over and, of course, kind of do whatever it can to kind of comfort you or just be near you, you know? So, of course, that's another aspect of it as well. Another aspect of animals as well is um, the idea of animals also just, just being in the area or having their own problem or their own thing going on. So, of course, you know, a random time where the animal itself is getting sick or is missing something or something else like that, you know? So that's another aspect of it as well that also makes it like, oh my god, why don't we ever get to see that? Can we ever see a scene where the main character is getting comforted by their pet or the other way around? I don't really get that. That's never really a thing that's seen. And when you do kind of see it, actually, it's always a joke. You know, I think I probably can imagine, I'm pretty sure, I'm willing to bet money that Family Guy has done this, where Brian is uh, really, really sad, and they comfort him by giving him belly rubs or just petting him and stuff like that, and kind of, he's whimpering and acting like a dog, kind of. But they do it in such a way that it kind of comes off as a joke, you know? So that's something that's like really, really, I don't really, I just know for a fact that they've done it. I'm very, very sure that they've done it. So, moving on, of course, with um, Family Guy, or not Family Guy, but moving on, of course, to other things. Another thing about this that also, when you're coming to animals with, you know, actual talking animals and stuff like that, animals that can talk and walk and do all this other stuff and stuff like that, one of the things that's really weird is the concept that they can talk to all kinds of other animals. So, a dog being able to talk to a cow, or being able to talk to an elephant or other things like that. Which is also very odd. It's very odd that you give these animals the ability to talk to other animals that you... Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know? It's a lot of different things that's very, very odd or just doesn't really make sense. You know? Personally. I also would have had it... Uh, I also personally would have had... Uh, it's also a little bit odd that every time that you have a talking animal, they always have... Um, the ability to do things on their own in their own kind of or as humans and stuff like that so brian of course always walks on his hind legs and of course always does everything like a human you know personally i would have had it and even when he's running even when brian is running he always runs like a human and very rarely ever runs like a dog okay personally if i was creating an animal or something like that because there's one character that i have created many times it's not even, I don't even have a story for it. It's just an elephant. I randomly just, it's a random daydream that I have a lot where I imagine the life of a regular elephant. It's a regular elephant standing on all four legs and they're just a regular African elephant. And I would have had, and it's just a regular series about how this elephant's life goes. You know, they do everything, uh, all their furniture is designed for elephants and their house is custom designed and everything for their entire life is a custom thing for them. And uh, the only time that I've ever seen something like this in that sense, where the animals, of course, are figuring out their own ways to do shit. And another thing also is, um, and this is personally something that I find very satisfying, personally. This is something I very, I find very, very satisfying, which is animal characters with their actual biology. Okay? Uh, or accurate biology to the animals themselves. Which is something that I find very, very satisfying. 
a good example, of course, is there's this one anime that was known for a panda. He was a panda character that basically um, worked at a cafe that was owned by a polar bear, and there was a uh, and there was a penguin who also was a, a customer at the cafe. In their world, animals, of course, had two variations. There were, or uh, well, not really two variations, but they were, you know, animals. So animals, of course, could talk and walk, but they had actual animal proportions. So the panda was huge uh, compared to the penguin, and the penguin was, of course, uh, and the polar bear was huge compared to the uh, penguin and the pol- uh, and the panda. You know, it was really interesting to see their big ass paws and, of course, humans entering the cafe. And it was a really interesting concept. I never, unfortunately, got to finish it, but of course, it was a really interesting concept. And you know, the whole idea of these animal characters being animals while at the same time also having their own lives and stuff like that was very, very interesting. Another example, of course, is shows like Aggressico or something. That one Rockstar Girl. Okay, that show is also very funny as well. Personally, I really like that one. But that's not really accurate. I just like the art style. It's very cute, it's simple, and of course also, you know, it's also very creative character design and stuff like that. The character designs are actually kind of creative. You know, I actually think that the pig, or the boss being a pig, and at the same time being an actual pig, is actually very creative and stuff like that. And also just the, the, the choices of certain animals and stuff like that and their height sizes and differences is also very interesting. So of course, you know, bigger animals are taller than smaller animals and stuff like that, which is also something I can really appreciate. Shows like, uh, Zoot- uh, movies like Zootopia and even that one anime, well, actually, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, actually they do do that. Okay, I was gonna say V-Stars, but I was like, no, they don't do that. I was like, actually, yeah, they do. So of course, size proportions. Making it so that certain characters are much bigger than other characters because they're actually different animals. Like in Zootopia, Judy is small as shit compared to a rhino. The rhino characters are much taller than Judy. And of course, that's something that I can actually appreciate. Okay? So of course, that's something that I also never really get to see with these kind of things and stuff like that. Okay? So these dog characters are smaller, obviously, because they're a dog. But at the same time, they also have human hands and proportions and stuff like that. Or they're always doing things like a dog. And... It's just very complicated. I don't get it. I don't feel the need to write an animal character and stuff like that. You know, personally, I don't feel the need to write animal characters, but there's also a lot of logistical problems that come around when it comes to these characters as well. One example, of course, is dating. What do you do when you're creating a character? In my personal opinion, I find it a little bit odd that an animal character is gonna be dating a human character. Okay, I also find it odd that they're going to be dating another animal of their own species, unless the other animal is also as intelligent as them. Personally, if I was writing Brian, I would have written it so that Brian never seeks out a relationship with um, girls or human girls. And I would have written it so that maybe there could be an inside joke or a running joke that, you know, Peter or any other character says, why don't you just date that girl right there in the bar? And of course, Brian, of course, has to motion towards his body and then motion towards her. And immediately they were like, oh yeah, I keep forgetting you're a dog. You know, I would have written it. So I personally would have had it so that it's an inside joke that the human characters forget that Brian's a dog, mainly because he's so human. He talks to them, he's drinking and he's laughing and, you know, they forget that he's a human. They humanize him so much, they completely forget that he's not a human, that he's a dog. So they even, you know, sometimes they're just like, oh, why don't you talk to her? She's pretty. And then Brian is just like, I'm not into human. 
friends, and plus, I'm a dog. You know, and I would have had it so that Brian basically talks, uh, I would have had it so that every time that they do this, Brian would make a joke about, oh, you're into some weird shit, aren't you? And of course, it was like, no, stop, shut the fuck up, you know, like, yeah, I would have had it so that that's a whole joke, so that Brian's so numb to it, and that he basically always makes a joke of like, you must really want me to do some stuff, and you just want to watch, don't you, or you must be into some shit, uh, kinky shit, or like, you're into some weird shit, and, you know, he's always making a joke like that, whenever they mention that he, that they should, that he should date a human. I also would have had it so that Brian also has a shitty love, uh, love life, like he did originally, and I also would have had it so that his only reasoning is not because he's a bad person, I think that was his thing all the time, he was a bad person, I think, I'm not entirely sure, I have no idea where his relationships fell off. I have no idea. I mean, he seemed like a cool guy, I guess, but at the same time, I don't really know. With every one of his relationships failing, I don't really know if it's always the other person or if it's always Brian, but I have no clue. But I would have ran into that Brian has a relationship problem, so his problem is that there's no one available for him, okay? Every time he tries to go to places that would be a dating zone for him, like a dog park or, um the vet, or, uh, I don't know, the pound, well, not the pound, but, you know, there's other places like that, I would have it so that Brian basically can't talk to anybody, everybody is too stupid for him, but they only really care about two things, and that Brian doesn't really get it, and he doesn't really understand it, you know, so I would have it so that the cast kind of feels a little bit bad for Brian, and that, you know, Brian even talks about how he'll get more conversation from a goddamn parakeet, or uh, a parrot, so he's even thinking about get dating a parrot just because it's the only person that can actually say I love you back. You know? So making jokes like that would be a, a whole thing. You know, I would even have it so that um, maybe we can even have a love interest thing for Brian so that Brian could actually have love interest humans. So these human characters are in love with Brian because he's such a cool guy and Brian has to constantly run away because he's the one that's like, wait, I'm just a dog, I'm just a dog. You know, and then they're just like, but you can talk, you can do all this stuff. And then he's just like, wait, uh, and he just finds humans gross. You know, because that's another thing as well. If you're creating a character that is a specific animal, more likely than not, I would argue that the percentage is probably like 90% chance that that character is not going to be interested in other characters that are not their own species. You know, nine, no, not nine. Uh, less than 1% of uh, humanity um, is the other way, where they actually can see... I would, Yeah, actually, yeah. I would say, yeah. So, less than 1% of humanity could see a being that is not their own species and say, I could be in a relationship with that. That's personally... Uh, I think that's a good a number, I think, personally. Okay? So, of course... With Brian specifically, I would write it so that Brian basically doesn't find humans anything interesting. You know, their body proportions are really weird. I would have it so that Brian says that he can't date a human because their feet are gross. And that's something that's very funny because, you know, dogs have weird feet. I don't know why, but I always hate dog feet. They're so gross and so bare, you know? They're just so... Not even bare, that's actually kind of funny. But they're just so gross. I don't look good. Like, dogs have weird feet. Cats have adorable feet. They're like little puff balls. But still, dogs have weird feet. 
So I personally, that's a funny joke for me. Or I would have it so that Brian, whenever he has a joke, or whenever he has a reason for why he doesn't want to date a human, it's always something that only a dog can do. So that Brian basically talks about how he's just like, yeah, I can't date a human girl because I can't tell her facial expressions, or I can't tell her mood. And then uh, he, they're just like, what are you talking about? Just look at her face. He's like, no, I'm looking at her. You're looking at her, their face. I'm looking at their tail. And then, uh, then maybe we could have Quir- uh, Quackwinner make a joke of like, oh, I'm looking at their tail too, you know? Like, you know, a whole fucking thing. It, it's, the possibility is there. The possibility, or not the possibility, um, uh, the opportunities are there. It's just, it's not being taken. It's not taken. I could totally ramp up this, uh, revamp this whole show and make it a whole new thing and make it like, oh my God. But it's not there. It's just not there, you know? It's a missed opportunity. You could easily have made that whole... I'm been making that up on the spot. But that could have easily been a joke that could have been made, you know? Or, um, uh, for example, Brian makes a joke of, like... I would make it so that everything that Brian, quote, you know, wants from a dog or something like that, Quagmire ends up agreeing with. That he also agrees or thinks of, like, oh my god, I'm looking for that too, but I'm looking for that in humans. You know? And I would have had it so that... You know, maybe there's an inside joke that Brian basically calls uh, Quagmire a dog, or that he basically, maybe do- uh, Quagmire gets set up on a date with Brian, or Brian, no, no, not with Brian. Brian sets Quagmire on a date with a dog as a fucked up ass joke to him. So that when he sits there and then he sees that there's a dog, a great Dane or something, he's just looking at Brian like, what the fuck? And then Brian's just like, that's what you get. Like, you're such a fucking dog. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. You keep talking about how you want to do all this shit that I want to do, so I assume that you'd be interested in dating a dog. <laughs> you know, so I would that would be a whole fucking thing. You know, I would have had this this whole fucking thing and made it a whole joke for um, the series and stuff like that. So you know, I just think that that would be funny. I think that would be very very funny, and maybe we can have it so that Brian is just like, oh ah. Uh, He's, like, trying to go leave the table, but he's also, like, fuck, is this dog smart? So he's just, like, I- I'm very sorry. I- I- can you excuse me for a moment? And then Zara's just laughing up at soup and stuff like that, and he's just, like, I think this is a regular dog. Is it a regular dog? And then he's just, like, okay, I'm just gonna go. And then he leaves and goes, finds Ryan and stuff like that. And then later, you know, when they're leaving and stuff like that, Ryan just hands the dog a treat, and he's, like, thanks, man. And then the dog leaves. And then he's just like, why did you say a man? And then he's like, look at the dog. And then uh, immediately uh, he looks at the dog and looks in between the lights and he's like, you said you're with a guy? Like, that's the thing. Like, everything that Quagmire was already annoyed at everything. But the thing that makes it even worse for him is the fact that he was set up on a date with a man dog. So that's the part that, that's the part that sends him over. And that's what, I would make it so that that's the thing that makes Brian lose his mind laughing. His re- he is giving a bigger reaction of the fact that it's a guy rather than a dog itself, you know? So I, personally, that's what I would have written it as. I would have written it so that his his more agitated, annoyed reaction is just at that simple fact, you know? And I would have had it so that even Peter or the other guys are also making jokes of like, so you don't care about the fact that it's a dog, you just care that it's a guy, you know? Make it a, a, an inside joke. You know, so in the next couple of episodes or something like that, there would be moments where uh, a dog, some, you know, they're in the bar and someone's walking their dog. He's like, oh yeah, look at that dog. Somebody's got a husky. 
And he's like, uh, uh, you should go talk to her, Quagmire. And Quagmire just is drinking and flips him off. Just like, just literally just says nothing and just flips him off while he's drinking. And literally the rest, uh, uh, Qu- uh, Cleveland, um, police guy and Peter are all dying of laughter, just cracking the, the jokes themselves. You know? I would have made it so there's a lot more moments like that, personally. Okay? I don't know the police guy. He was like in a wheelchair and I have no idea what the fuck his name is. I have no idea what the fuck his name is. But still, I just call him wheelchair guy. But yeah, police guy, wheelchair guy, whatever the fuck his name is, I have no idea. Anyway, but yeah. But yeah, that's another thing of the weird logistics of animals and stuff like that. And also aging. That's another thing that's also really, really odd as well. This is a little bit more of a depressing subject, kind of. Because animals don't age as much as humans, okay? A human is practically a god to an animal, so they're like immortal beings to animals. As animals could probably, most animals, you know, or most pets, they can probably get 12, 13 maybe, 14 years? I don't know. Uh, 14 sounds a little old for a cat or a dog. But yeah. That's as far as they can go, and humans live up to their 60s and 70s and 80s. So of course, with that in mind, humans must be like gods compared to them. You know, and another thing also is this idea of, uh, there was this old writing prompt on Tumblr I saw a long, long time ago. It was this prompt of a human who took care of dogs, okay? It was a human who took care of many generations of the same family of dogs, you know? In this family of dogs, they respected this being as a god. He was a god of their people, you know? It, he was a god of their family, or a family deity, you know? He, uh, you know, they would be raised from puppies knowing this dog, and they would end up having their own grand puppies and dying of old age, and their deity is still there, you know? So, of course, I would have it so that, you know, uh, no, no, no I, not me. Um, their thing was like, that this person, the, the human, was getting older. And that it's most likely that this next brand new, uh, brand new uh, generation of puppies is probably going to be his last generation of puppies. Because this old man is not going to live long enough to see these dogs become full-grown dogs or have their own grand puppies. You know? So, of course, that's like something that they're noticing and stuff like that. And they're trying to all enjoy it and stuff like that. You know? So that's a writing prompt that I saw a long, long time ago. And personally, that's another thing that also comes into mind when you have dog characters, you know? Or when you have animal characters, that their lifespans are much shorter than human lifespans. So that's also something that, that's something that most people, if they do have animal characters, they're going to ignore it simply because it's easier and not as dark and depressing to be able to keep it that way. You know, I would have had, a, a, you know, that's also something that's very, very, you know, very depressing. Okay? So, yeah. Another aspect of it as well, uh, just the final bit, is um, the idea of biology. Okay, the thing about dogs is they also have different biologies than humans. Okay, so certain things are not really going to make a lot of sense, or certain things are not going to work out the, way, uh, the best way. A good example is that, um, for example, Brian. As a dog, I would imagine that he can't eat chocolate. Okay, so I uh, so I would have it so that Brian basically never eats chocolate and never, you know, they can eat chocolate in the house, but they don't really have any issue, you know, 
No, they're always, uh, Ryan's in a restaurant and he's asking, like, oh, do you have a cake that's not chocolate? Or, or you know, does the cake have to have chocolate frosting on it? And then the waiter's just like, oh, um, why would you not? Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Dog can't eat chocolate. And then he's just like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have, um, can you replace the chocolate with this? And I would have it so that Brian basically goes to restaurants that are, quote, dog friendly. You know, so they don't have to sell anything chocolate or they don't sell anything that's toxic to dogs. You know? I would also have it so that maybe there's a restaurant for dogs. You know, the restaurant specifically is a dog restaurant for dogs. And that maybe we can have Peter go to the restaurant and then Peter's just like, uh, is all this food raw? Then he's just like, oh yeah, humans can't eat raw food. Um, can we get this cooked actually? We have a human in the restaurant. And then he's just, uh, the dog is just like, oh, of course. You know, so I would have it so that there's a like, you know, maybe we can have it so that Brian is like the pioneer of dog society and stuff like that. So dogs have their own restaurants and, you know, their own stuff, you know. And Peter then talks about, oh my god, you've got to try this grilled chicken from this uh, dog joint. you got to try it. It's the greatest thing ever, you know. Maybe we can have some characters like, oh god, a dog cooking for you? That's so weird. You know, or like, you know, I don't know, maybe we can explore it a little bit more. I don't really know. But as I said, biology, you know. Certain TV shows go with the idea that they can have a pet animal that is able to do certain things. Or is not really able to do certain things, but is also able to ignore their own biology. Which, again, is a little bit odd. Okay. A good example, of course, is ideas like animals, like, uh, I can't really, I don't really know, actually. Hmm. I can't really think of any times where animals are, are kind of ignoring their own biology and things like that. You know, I don't really know. The only, uh, the only liability that's part of their biology is the fact that the dog can't eat chocolate or that they, you know, can talk to all animals and stuff like that, which is a little bit odd. Still, though, I don't really know. I also personally would have had... Uh, also, can we please see other animals as well, personally? You know, I'm tired of seeing dog animals. or I'm, tar- I'm tired of seeing dogs and cats as the main characters that get humanized. And, you know, it's Brian and Jake the dog and that one character, I can't remember his name, from American Dragon. Can we please see a snake character? Not Sanjay and Craig, please. A snake character. Okay, can we see a snake character? Can we see an elephant? Can we see a panda? Can we see all these different kind of animal characters that are not very common? Now, We Bear Bears is actually one of my favorite shows and best examples of this. Because in Wee Bear Bears, they actually show off a lot of these things that I'm talking about. You know, they show off the concept that these characters have different biologies than humans. So, of course, you know, a good example is their diet. They end up going to the hospital for the episode called Bear Cleanse. Okay, in Bear Cleanse, one of my favorite episodes, they end up going to the hospital for a checkup. The doctor, of course, checks, uh, checks all of them out. Personally, I would have had, this is a little thing that's a little bit odd, I would have had it so that they don't go to a doctor. That's a human doctor at a human hospital. Personally, I would have written it so they go to a vet. I would have uh, had it so that they go to a veterinarian or they go to the zoo to visit the veterinarian at the zoo. Personally. You know, that's just me being a nitpicky person, whatever. But yeah. 
as I said, I would have had a Suzuki do that. And of course, you know, when they're doing, uh, when they're there and they're getting their weight and all that extra stuff, the doctor, of course, ends up talking about how that their stuff, all the stuff for a panda, a, 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 a panda, an ice bear, a polar bear, and a grizzly bear, all of them are way off. And of course, she's just talking about what are you guys eating? And of course, they're talking about all this stuff. And the whole point of the episode is the doctor in the real episode. They tell them, uh, she tell, they tell the doctor what they eat. And she then says, this is, look at this. This is a, a food pyramid. This is all the things that a human needs to eat. And of course, the um, grizzly's just like, that's great. We eat these all the time. And then she's like, that's the problem. You're bears. And of course, she then puts them on a diet, specifically giving them only the food that they're supposed to eat as their individual bears. Okay? So panda gets only bamboo. Grizz, of course, gets berry and fish. And Ice Bear, he just gets a picture of a seal. Now, personally, I also would have altered this episode a little bit more. I would have altered the episode a little bit more so that Ice Bear basically just hands her back the thing and then says, that's it. And, of course, she's just like, well, also penguins, fish as well, and seals. Uh, uh, also penguins, fish, seals, um, and uh, whale. And she mentions all these other kinds of things. And Ice Bear basically is just like, uh, okay. So he's writing all that down. And basically, the funny thing is, Ice Bear's only, uh, she, the only thing that she's not mentioning, of course, is fish. And of course, immediately, he's just like, oh god, everything on my list is something either illegal or I don't know where to get it. <laughs> and Panda, of course, is just, uh, you know, I would have had it so that Panda's getting annoyed the fact that he only can eat one thing. And Grizz, he's fine. Grizz's diet is the best one, or that he's got the normal one, kinda. The problem is that he also really wants his snacks. So, of course, that's something that I really like about this episode. Another thing that's also common when it comes to writing bear characters, something that I've seen with Yogi Bear and also Grizz, is hibernation. Panda and, uh, uh, Panda and Ice, they don't hibernate. Their species don't hibernate. Technically, Ice Bear's species does, but only the girls. So, of course, Ice Bear, as a polar bear, he's not going to hibernate. So, in the episode, they're in the library. It's like, I don't know the name of that one. But they're in the library, and they're randomly checking out books. Randomly... Um, they find books about themselves, and of course, Panda and Ice Bear are telling each other random things, fascinating things, about their own species. How pandas have a special lining in their throats that prevent ba uh, bamboo splinters, or that ice bears can, or polar bears can swim this fast. I don't know how much. It's like 30 miles, maybe? I don't know. But they can swim 30 miles an hour, if that's just an example number. And of course, then there's Grizz, who rarely finds that uh, grizzly bears can hibernate. And it's an interesting concept because Grizz is a grizzly bear and he can't hibernate because their justification is that he's too domesticated. He's too domesticated to hibernate. But some TV shows, like of course Yogi Bear, they go down the route that Yogi can't stay up or he actually does hibernate. You know, in Yogi Bear, the one time that I, I saw the... I don't know where. I never watched it, kind of. Well, I used to watch it, kind of, but only if I was there at the right time. Because it didn't show all the time. And also, it was random, and I just happened to be watching it sometimes. But they had a Christmas special. Yogi wanted to be there for the Christmas special. Or not, uh, not the Christmas special. He wanted to experience Christmas. You know, he wanted to see the new year, he wanted um, to celebrate Christmas and see Santa Claus, and all this other stuff. That's all what Yogi Bear wanted. 
However, the park ranger and even the other people, I think there were more than just that one character, but other people are all saying, yay, Yogi and uh, Boo Boo, I think, Boo Boo? Yeah, Yogi and Boo Boo, we're so happy for you or something, you know, you know, they're trying to be supportive, but at the same time, they're also noticing that Yogi and Boo Boo aren't staying up very long, and they're getting really, really tired, and even the park ranger begins to feel bad for them. He starts to feel bad for them, mainly because they really want to celebrate Christmas, but the problem is they can't be awake for this. Christmas is in the middle of winter, and they are bears. They have to hibernate throughout the whole winter. You know? So, of course, it's something that really, like, kind of makes them feel bad. You know? So, of course, you know, it, I don't really remember how it ended, whether or not he actually did get what he wanted for Christmas, or even if he actually met Santa. I have no idea. But still, it was a very interesting concept. It was a very interesting idea, and I actually, I don't know why I never actually watched it. I just continued on with my day. <laughs> it was a very interesting concept. So, of course, that's another aspect of it as well, acknowledging the biologies of certain animals and realizing that some of them can do these things and some of them can't. Okay, a good example, of course, as I said, is um, We Bear Bears, personally. I love that show. I would have altered a few things. I personally would have altered a few things. But still, it's a very interesting idea of a show with the idea that uh, I get that polar, um, that Ice Bear, Panda, and Grizz, they're all the same size. I get that. Technically, Ice Bear will be a lot bigger, but still. Ice Bear technically is, what's funny is like Ice Bear is the youngest brother, but his species is the biggest species. So I think that Ice Bear would actually be technically twice as tall as um, Panda. I think that Ice Bear's species normally would be twice as tall as Panda. You know, personally. But, uh, you know, I, if I was in charge, oh my god, if I could totally see an actual, um, an accurate biology episode or something like that with all of them, I so would love that. So the same way with that anime cafe and stuff like that, with all of them, I so would love to see that. You know, with them all being their actual animal species things. And of course, you know, they're still living their regular adventures and stuff like that. And they still do the whole stack thingy, but I so would have had it so that, you know, they're just, they're bears. <laughs> you know, I so love that idea. You know? And also just other things as well. I would have had it so that, um, you know, uh, Panda and Grizz are really, really good at climbing and that Pan uh, Ice Bear really sucks at climbing. You know, so I multiple other things that are making it very apparent that they don't know, you know, that they're not really all that good at doing certain things, you know? I like the idea of Ice Bear being able to cook. I love that. You know, personally, I would have had it so the Ice Bear has his own fine star kitchen and also his own freezer or his own meat freezer and stuff like that. And he's a good butcher and he butchers up his meat usually in the freezer, you know, because it's always good to make sure meat is cold when you're cutting it a lot of the time or it's just easier. <laughs> so I would have it so the Ice Bear basically does that. As a, grizz uh, as a polar bear, he can be in the cold a lot longer. Plus, being a butcher, you have to keep your co meat cold. <laughs> so, there's something that, another thing is also, oh my god. As I also find it very, not, I don't know if this, I, pr I probably can argue that this might have been intentional, though I have a feeling it might not have been, but I like the idea of, I, uh, of Panda being a social media bear. You know, Panda, which obviously is one of the most number one popular animals and stuff like that, is not a popular animal at all, which is very funny. I find that very funny and very, very creative. And Grizz... I don't really know. I would personally have it so that Grizz is not really seen as 
Like, even if I never changed their animation style and kept them all the exact same animation style that they already are known for, I would have had it so that Grizz is very excitable, as he normally is, but he's also seen as scary. That people still find him terrifying because he's a bear, you know? So, a lot of times in um, their show, personally, I w uh, with the Chloe thing, they were seen as obnoxious and completely unaware of human societies. Personally, I would have had it the other way around. Rather, they're fully well-mannered and they live their own lives, but people find them very odd and people find them creepy or scary to see that there's a bear, a, a grizzly bear, a polar bear, and a, a panda bear in their cafe drinking a ca uh, coffee and stuff like that, you know? So they find it very, very scary and terrifying. And, you know, as the series gets on, uh, goes on and on with their random adventures and wackiness, I also would have had it so that... It's, it's LA. No one cares now. We've seen this bear before. We've seen them so many times. No one gives a fuck anymore. You know, so personally, that's another thing I also would like to have. And keeping in mind, they're also how they're viewed. Like when uh, Grizz was the star of a, a grizzly bear horror movie, which of course was a very good idea. Because that's also a big problem with animals. Depending on the animal in question, or if you make a movie about a horrifying animal, like Jaws, it fucks up the reputation of that animal for a long time and causes people to react in certain ways. So a good example, of course, is Jaws, obviously. The whole episode was mainly kind of a reference to Jaws, okay? Sharks were already kind of a wary animal and people were kind of wary of them before, but Jaws is what caused practically almost all over the world to hate sharks, to actively go out of their way and... You know, always view sharks as malice creatures, creatures of evil, and they're only here to eat you, and, you know, people are terrified of the ocean because they've seen Jaws, and all this other stuff, you know? This single movie ended up causing mass paranoia when it comes to the ocean. And of course, Grizz, of course, is calling it right there and there, uh, right then and there. If they make this movie, then it's gonna fuck up grizzly bears. And, you know, it's going to make other people have the same reaction to sharks the same way they do with grizzly bears, you know? We don't, we don't view cheetahs or, um, lion, we don't view cheetahs or lions, technically lions used to, but that was a long time ago, um, but we don't view cheetahs and lions the same way as we do sharks, mainly because there are no movies, or not the lions, but there are no movies about how evil these animals are, okay? Now, we kind of even, hell, we even have a weird view on fucking chimpanzees because of Planet of the Damn Apes, okay? So, of course, with that in mind, certain movies can fuck up a, uh, a viewpoint or how other people will view a specific animal. So again, depending on the kind of movie or the kind of thing that you're doing, you know, you could also technically have impact on an animal. So using not so popular animals can also make them really popular or also make them not all that popular. I know that um, the red panda got a lot of popularity simply because of uh, Pabu from The Legend of Korra. Lots of people do not know that that animal is actually a real animal, you know? And then when they see it, they're like, oh my god, it's Pabu, you know, and they lose it. And they love the idea of Pabu being a real animal that they could actually not own, but a real animal that they can interact with. Okay. And unfortunately, that's our time. And I think actually we wrapped up the episode pretty well, actually. So yes, thank you so much for listening. 
and I guess that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm very, very sorry for today's episode being late. I was supposed to have it done at like 10 o'clock today, and I started an hour before, or not even an hour, like three minutes before, so yeah. I will be keeping in mind that next time, and of course I will be not doing that next time. Also, this episode's really short, but yeah. This is a simple topic, so of course, the next topic, or the, in the next episode, we'll do something else. But yeah, this episode's kind of short. And thank you so much for listening.